वेलकम टू सिंह टॉक The Sin Talkers around the table today discuss the need to work. We'll think about work, jobs, labor, leisure and life and whether there's a need to work. What does work define? Why do men work and how is it different across classes? Is the need to work a curse? Must work be useful as well as meaningful? Do only informal sectors employ informal labor? How do jobs and people find each other? Should labor be abolished or made redundant? Must the ability to survive be mediated via reward for work? Why do some works pay and some do not? Is work needed for societies to maintain solidarity? Should machines be made into slaves? What's the long-term future of work? And is the future of work the future of man? We are pleased and privileged to have two sin talkers with us here today. Professor Ranabir Samadar is a critical theorist and is with the Calcutta Research Group. and professor AR Vasavi who is a social anthropologist based in Bangalore Vasavi, why don't we set the ball rolling with you? Um, if we start with the assumption that we share a definition of work, um, and how does work define us? What what does work do to us? Um, what is work? I take a very relativist stand on work. Mm-hmm. I think uh, meanings of work uh, have always differed, and will continue to differ. Sure. But currently, I think work is something is is an endeavor mm-hmm. in which people realize themselves. Mm-hmm. it has an instrumental value in in as much as it is your key source of income but work also defines you socially and defines your identity right but i mean is 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 there an element or way in which this articulation or the schema is different across classes uh, yeah very much um, it is clearly yeah. for i would imagine that for the working classes is just beyond the point it's just a way of earning a livelihood yes, making money yes but still it, it also then does socialize them it also defines their identity mm. it doesn't become the primary source unlike the others mm. but i think they across the classes there is some shared element it's to what degree does it differ by classes and when you say the meaning of work has changed over time what do you have in mind i mean what 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 would the conception of work have been let's say 200 years ago 400 years ago and i know it's yeah. it's not like it really one monolithic whole it would differ across geographies cultures and so on but how has the meaning yeah. changed um mostly because i i suppose in pre-modern times work was not something that had so many options which you have now you know mm. people do have options mm. 
but may have been defined primarily in terms of the situations they were born into mm-hmm. uh with uh, not only less options but also primarily linked to maybe agriculture or you know some kind of artisanship craftsmanship mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. some really in in the context of slavery complete you know physical manual kind of uh, work uh but currently work is increasingly it wasn't uh, as separate a category as we think of it today really yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. wasn't it 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 was life uh, work could have been livelihood and life itself mm. but whereas currently you do have work has a compartmentalized domain of your life mm. Uh, mm. although again in the current context that those boundaries are getting blurred again mm. uh, but i think those are some of the differences where currently you have work being defined much more by technology by capital by very specific forms of organization Mm. and it's a lot mm. more atomized how would yeah. you come to it uh, ranavirda is is very broadly speaking is the need to work occurs would you think of it that way <laughs> what, what would your take be you see i recall the conversation that i was having with you over phone right and i said that the idea that it could be a curse um is exceptional in the sense that generally we do not think of it it's you can see it's a kind of a biomechanical thing and it's intensely biological it's intensely physiological mm-hmm. so uh notwithstanding all the definitions that have been given to work and all that i mean you can invoke it and we do invoke it in two senses one is that i have lifted my hand right so there is a central nervous system there is a way in which the body moves the body functions towards whatever it wants to do uh that's working uh-huh. and it's working without you being in a particular way aware of it so the fact that whether you would be thinking of it as a curse or not is i suppose you take few steps you know quick jumps but i think much more elemental consideration should be um, when she said was we said work is life it's not only right. work is life in those days work was life work is still life that's life right the other is the other, life has changed <laughs> yes but again the idea of change is something which is so ephemeral and which is right. uh, you know it also has a bit of fetish to it we think it changes it changes but the illusion is also a part of the change but the other invocation is you work towards something the americans say we are working on our marriage to be successful <laughs> <laughs> now there of course you can see that you have in some way taken out the physical part of the whole thing but yet the idea of enterprise the idea of you being industrious you being you know striving towards certain thing is you are working towards certain thing a sense of purpose which yeah. means and i would therefore summarize what i wanted to say that it has it it establishes a particular relation between your body including the mind as i said the entire physiological thing and the relationship that it establishes at one level with nature at another level with economy at the third level it could be with other human persons etc etc so it is that relation which is invoked through the whole notion of work mm. but for the word work to be invoked again and again it is irreducibly physiological and physical and and you would say that even for the so called knowledge worker and so the yeah. so called intellectual class 
You see. So, so what is a professor's work? What is a researcher's work? And what is a theorist's work? If you know what I mean. So I mean, you you're bringing the body right at the center of it, which is a very interesting move. Um, well, you know what I mean. Again, I would give you a kind of a double reply to your Please. question. At one level, uh, you can always say that the that the pianist, that the piano maker has, you know, made this piano, and the pianist mm. then works on it. Mm. But you see, in order for the pianist to work on that, there is the piano maker, and it's not my, you know, my example is someone else. Can explain. So the piano maker has to do it. Now all we can say is that there will be certain machinery kind of thing which will then do the work that the piano maker does with his skill right. and all that. But at that fundamental level, the work of that particular person or that particular, you know, as I said, that body mechanism has done it, which is only inscribed in a particular program, etc. Right. But I think the more important point is that in this case, why don't we reverse the, you know, the usual way of thinking? Hmm. That uh, that the that the brain encapsulates all that is there in your body. Think of the central nervous system, etc. As you said, the intellectual works towards certain sure. thing. Hmm? And let's think it the other way: mm -hmm. that the body mechanisms and the body organs actually they are, you know, the heart of what you might have called the the brain is. Right. So what I am trying, therefore, to say is that. The idea of material labor and immaterial labor, which is so popular in the in Western ideas on etc., is that up to a level it works. It up to a level it makes sense. So where do you draw that line? Mm. No, I don't think you can draw the line at one particular point, and I mm. don't think it's essential. Also, but it sure. is essential to understand that to harp on immaterial labor to an extent where immateriality then doesn't make any sense because all you are trying to say is that immateriality has taken the place of materiality. That's true. So then the binary doesn't work at all. You That's know, you true. have already exhausted the other. So how do you explain what immateriality is all about? So therefore, if you forget what your intellectual training has been, what your vocation is, what are the tools of your thing. Yep. So yeah, let's yeah. for you know for one skip the immaterial labor, immaterial br that brain, fancy brain once in a millennia that comes out of that. And if we think of what work is, then I think we wish we come to a point where we understand that is as I said, it is irreducibly and is work physical the same as and labor? physiological. Is work and labor synonymous in the way you conceive of it? Because they are not, yeah. Please. No, especially with this, this, this interesting position of the body in the way you think about it, which which is very interesting. Like we just discussed, it would be closer to labor, uh, wouldn't it? See, what we can say is that work is certainly not particular to our age. People have been working, <laughs> so there is no life without work. That's why I say. You agree with that, Vasavi? Yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But you can say that different forms of work have given rise to this distinction that we make between work and labor. Now, if you think, I was thinking of my own language, Bengali. Right. Kajkora are strong. So, is it the same? 
it's not same to labor and to work uh, they have but they are also very closely related sure but the particular form that work work takes has deep relevance to the concept of the notion of labor and when mm. you say you labor i think and you were right in you know driving me to that point so that i can clarify myself that that for me the idea of work is enormously influenced by the idea of labor mm. so i don't know whether you suggested that but yes. i am therefore grateful to you that Absolutely. you you know mm. took me to that direction and i think therefore the more interesting question would be that at what point all notions of work are consumed under the notion of labor yes mm. and we yes. say labor of memory mm Mm, mm, mm. Labor of be, your life, or could it be the opposite also that all forms of labor get consumed under the label of work? Absolutely. Mm. And 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 as you think about this question, Vasavi, is like, is it is it a good idea to conceive of a society where there's enough surplus and there's no need to work? And and you know, we'll introduce the notion of leisure somewhere along the way as we go along in this discussion, but. Um, you know what i mean mm. so a society or a sub society or a subculture i think uh, work is can be considered redundant, redundant at some time yeah, yeah. yeah. is no, there I a problem with that is, are there going yeah. to be implications after a few iterations that 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 might yeah. be worrisome yes definitely mostly because work is so central to life as we just sort of talked about uh not only because of the multiple not so much functions as much as it really defines us as human beings and the kinds of societies we evolved but is there something mm-hmm. fundamental about that or it's really conventional it's just it's no, just I that we've happened to no i think it is to... fundamental both to our evolution and to what we are mm. uh so i would say uh it's quite far fetched to think of even a possibility of a society where there is no need to work mm and how do you um, think of leisure leisure has very separate from work yeah or yeah has how do you think of leisure ranabirda should there be such a thing as right to leisure sure mm. yeah i mean so the very fact that there's weekends off um, is 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 it's it's programmed into the way we have we have has work free yes or freedom from work yeah yeah i suppose leisure should ideally be complementary to work that it is when you are not working or it enables you to take the time off from work typically has it's defined or understood or to come back to work in a refreshed way yeah but not uh, a substituting it it's not a substitute it's complementary mm. <laughs> let me ask you instead of you know sure. when you said that take you know uh, leave from your work mm, yeah uh, at home or you have gone to sure. you know somewhere do you work there Yeah so I think you eat yeah of course mm-hmm. you walk yeah in fact you you do other kinds of work so if you expend energy you work that's precisely that's what that, i said that's the that way it's, it's that's the, the manner of physical yeah. it is extremely mm. physical even the neuro part of it is very very physical the only thing when we say leisure is that the, there is a certain compulsion whether because you are earning a wage or it could be many other things hmm? right that you think that you need to take a break from what you have been doing which is more of labor but we are always working yeah no that's true that's true 
So the so I think uh, we have to be much more therefore careful in counterposing leisure to work. We do counterpose leisure to work, but only when work is therefore defined as something which is therefore um, you know uh, compulsory under certain economic conditions, or there could be other conditions when you have to work. Only then you think that I do have the right to leisure. But on the other hand, as a human activity, so something which is purely human activity, the other that human activity which has been socially configured under a certain regime of economy or society, that work then takes a different form and then the question of leisure comes. So maybe a sharper word would be something like a job. Yeah, could be. Mm. And it's obviously a very different category in that sense. Um, even the category of job or hasn't employment. existed for, sorry. Or employment? Is or that employment. what you're saying? Oh, yes. As, yes. If you want to distinguish. Of there being an employer, of okay. there being a master, of there being mm. wage, there being work hours, of there being duty within courts, there being rewards for activities performed. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting how there's this whole nation of wage hours, isn't it? I mean, you're literally selling time, uh, selling labor by the unit of time. Why don't we go to this area that you've done a lot of work in, Nonavirda, of, of just this whole idea of migration, um, which is just changing tracks a little bit and we'll tie up some of those strands as we go along. Um, why yes. is it that some sectors and some segments have vast walls of uh, migrant labor, migrant uh, employees, and some don't. You know, uh, uh, I mean, on the way uh, uh, to this whole issue of migration, I think it's important, and as I shall explain, sure, it's, it's important to see that modern capitalism, in fact, has legitimized leisure. And therefore, <laughs> leisure is something which is now incorporated in wage work. Think of, and that's why that's how I will bring in the question of migration. Think of the category called self-employed in any kind of Indian, you know, uh, enumeration of the forms of work. Hmm? Sure. You can have uh, unorganized workers. You can have organized workers. Yeah. You can have workers in employed in institutions or farms which are more than seven, more than ten, etc., etc. Yeah. What about the self-employed? Now, if you think of the self-employed, a part farmer or a part biddy maker, hmm? yeah, he or she manufactures, let us say, thousand biddies a day. Yeah. There is no defined wage hour. Yeah. Hmm? There is no defined salary. Please understand the whole thing is peace rate. Yes. So what happens therefore is that your flexibility to organize your time has now or is no longer a question of leisure. You know, this is the point I was trying to raise. Because this is something which has already been eaten up and has been accommodated in the entire production regime of the country or the globe of, of the time. Are you saying the incentive structure is such that... No, not only incentive. At home, you will be asked to, let us say, tie 100 salwar kameejas a month. It's <laughs> your time. 
you do it nobody will tell you whether you will do it at night sure nobody has asked you to come to sure. you know um, uh, at the office at 10am sure. in the morning etc sure. you are free to spend your day the entire day's work day and the entire day's leisure up to you how you use this is how in fact production is much more ancillarized today this is how much more leather products are being manufactured today this is how much more garment uh, you know products are manufactured today where most of the poor workers will be self employed they will have their own and unit of production there's no assured earning until you produce that output so yeah, while the discretion is left to you you so, have to so where is the leisure and where is work <laughs> and and on the other hand if you see you'd be given a job which will include let us say one month paid leave to place x right x amount of what <laughs> we call ltc isn't it mm-hmm. the leave travel conversion you'll mm-hmm. be given the money and that is included in your work package so you think it is enough enticing for me right and then there will be hundred and <laughs> other ways where mm-hmm. which will be guided into spending your leisure yes so the notion of leisure is also now incorporated in the entire work regime if you think of the migrant the migrant worker to certain extent also performs the wage work but mm. in other cases or in fact i would say in most cases the migrant worker will actually be involved in a range of quote and unquote self employed activities right. where the question of leisure and work that division is in fact too much of a luxury for that person right You know, right. I hope you get the yeah. point I do. that yeah, I'm I do. making, I and just, then we can yeah. go into discussion on no, migrants. That's a very interesting yeah. point. Yes, but, but I was just wondering if uh, Professor Samadhar could qualify because we typically use the term migrant worker, and the image that comes is ah, uh, you know, largely unskilled, poor working class. But a large proportion of people are also migrant labor, which is also moving, which is high end now. Absolutely, I mean you could uh, be. But a we don't call them migrant labor. I mean yes. we don't use that labor, although even now in very high end, say IT industry, yeah, they are they are a labor force. You may migrate but, from yeah. India to US, but you still yes. are a migrant. Yes, the labeling has changed. Mm. But uh, mm. so I think what you were talking about earlier, this class distinction again. Uh, you know, plays a key role here. But mm. I was wondering how, uh, going back to what you, uh, Professor Samadhar was talking about, the link between work and leisure. But leisure itself has become an industry, which you were hinting at. Yeah. Which then again gets redefined because now you have people working to people working in the leisure, the leisure industry, or <laughs> also working to be in leisure. Nicely, uh, oxymoronic. So, mm. Yeah. 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 No, that's very interesting. Mm. And and and. what would be your take on the question i asked was a while ago is it is it interesting to conceive of a society where there's enough surplus so that there is no need to work you see i get your point the only trouble would be that once i say yes to that that means that we are actually moving away from the as i said the irreducibly physical notion of what work is sure otherwise i can see your well, point i mean see charlie chaplin's movie so the sausage yeah. is being fed sure. so you might have an extreme amount of automation yeah where and uh, there is a kind of a machinic regime to our life yeah there is also certain kind of collective forms of existence where you have to leave your child let us say to a crash you do not have to 
cook your evening meals, etc. But the illusion in thinking of society in such terms is that we are either anticipating that there are already others who are working for us. Yes. Hmm? Yes. So the empire, emperor is always at leisure. The emperor is always, you know, in the mm-hmm. cinema, Roman emperors eating grapes, <laughs> picking up things, you know, dalliance with the ladies, etc. To do so, you always had to have others working for you so that you can have. So socially, so what I'm trying to hint at is that at one level, not there only... There need to be a working class. class. Uh, at one level, the point is that at one level, work is... F- extremely physical in, in the, yes. the connotation. But the more important point, which I also said in the beginning, that the entire thing is social. Apart from the instinctive physical part of the whole thing, like I'm moving my hands, I'm sure. gesturing sure. Sure. to make a point. The other thing is that in order to enjoy your leisure, you must have others who should be working for you. Or others must have created a machinic system where you were able to enjoy leisure. In other words... You're bringing in capital here. You're bringing in capital. Of course, of course. Not only that, I'm also saying that you cannot have a society where the entire thing is automatic. If you want to run crash, if you want to have your food daily delivered to you, if you want to have everything for which you need not work anymore, you are already anticipating certain even machinic, as I said, arrangements of society, you know, certain kinds of dispositives. Sure, sure, sure. Certain kinds of apparatuses, which will allow you to be luxurious, which will allow you to be to be uh, a member of a leisure community. I'm not saying leisure class, I could have said. Sure. Hmm? A society which is a leisure society. Either the society is completely machinic, or you are anticipating that there will be social labor involved. The only thing is that you are individually escaped it through the power of aristocracy. You might be a good rentier, landlord, you know, living yeah. on your interest. Yeah. Hmm? yeah, yeah. Get my point? So Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And you know, that's I think... why I said that it is difficult to agree to you if you put it that way, even though I understand what you are saying. And obviously, sure. the idea has been that all those things that for which we had to, you know, enormously labor, enormously toil, those, you know, would be reduced and, you know, with more and more advance of many of the accessories that our leisure time would be included. But it's a, it has a fallacy inbuilt. Yeah, no, I mean, it uh, sort of uh, brings to mind uh, Thorstein Weblin's work, which is yeah. about the leisure class. Yes. He did say that there would be, uh, you know, the rise of a class, I'd, but as Professor Samadhar rightly pointed out, it would be at the cost of some other classes that are working for them. But they have so much surplus. So is, is in some sense now, you know, we can, let's call it the working class and it doesn't necessarily need to be only human beings and let's just maybe be a sci-fi-ish here and include machines and some form of mechanization there. But is exploitation inevitable in that sense? So the very existence of a leisure class does that kind of, in a sense... In this, are we trying to see whether exploitation is inevitable only in this context of having a leisure class or generally? Yeah, so just the existence of a working class, does it almost always go hand in hand with exploitation? Um, If you know what I mean. Because obviously the impulse or the drive of any producer would be to, you know, have a predictable 
process a predictable input um and and you know any sort of a working class with too much discretion is is not conducive to the very method and process of production isn't it yeah but i don't think it it would depend on the kind of political economy you have and mm-hmm. where they are situated because mm-hmm. we do have instances of a working class not necessarily being fully exploited working mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. may not have full access to capital mm-hmm. but also getting the benefits of say from a welfare system right uh, right so and who who are then also given opportunities for upward mobility opportunities and the absolute exploitation could be checked right. or kept in balance right and you're making mm-hmm. an interesting point was we about in a way the role of the state so mm-hmm. if one were to be so unfortunate mm-hmm. to you know maybe not have the ability to work of a, mm-hmm. a variety of contingencies not have the opportunity to work and your survival cannot just be linked to you know, you're getting to rewards work. to work yes yeah you know what i mean so yeah so in in many many ways in almost all scenarios of the way you conceive of a society there would have to be an element of some kind of welfare at least for the most yeah. disadvantaged would you say that yes some some forms of safety net or mm. you know Mm. Uh, support mm. systems in which having worked and in context where you are not working or able to work you have some support systems to fall back and are on. there non state mechanisms of achieving that i mean are there market mechanisms which take care of outcomes of that nature or that would be yeah. again somewhat contradictory in its yes, very, exactly. very conception yeah i i don't think i don't think the market can address some of that mm Hmm. so it's some kind mm-hmm. of a market failure in a way mm-hmm. and are there other instances of societies where uh, where there is no safety net and they get along by a large okay if you know what i mean i mean the, there the are no examples when i mean take for instance india something mm-hmm. like 82% of our workforce is in the informal sector mm-hmm. with very little safety nets and very very little little or no state based support So how do they, they make fall. do Vasavi what exactly works clearly there's some kind of a social capital maybe they this. fall back on the family i mean what you see are constantly instances of in which the family then actually take takes care of those who are not able to work and mm. then becomes a double burden on the family mm. Uh, mm. so i think that's why definitions of work have to really be much more broader in in terms of a, you know encapsulating both instances when you're actually contributing to production but also times when you're not mm. and to enable you to get back into that production system mm. Mm. Uh. Mm. and if we for a second think about the very nature of work a job maybe just mm. to be more specific clearly there is some kind of a tendency or trend for jobs to become more flexible more short term compared to how it was maybe 50 years ago isn't it now currently yeah currently or that, yeah, that that's that. also very much to do with the very fact that capital itself has become flexible and more mutable so mutable yeah. and mm. therefore organizations are matching the capital's so, demands so where do you see this yeah. going wasabi in the super long run in the next 50 years 100 years yeah i can't really foresee what would happen in the next even 50 60 years but currently what you're seeing is really very much the definition of work of all kinds of work mm-hmm. uh, both in say agrarian context to you know the post industrial uh, context of high technology uh much of work being defined by the demands of capital right uh for example piecemeal work or contract work or you know or outsourced work which we see now being facilitated by advanced technology right so as one mm-hmm. iterates over this mm-hmm. and if one looks at more developed and more advanced economies do they also have several instances of such ancillary industries or 
piecemeal worker, piecemeal rate workers, and so on and so forth. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's a global trend where mm. you have both a, a sort of a contraction of the state in which uh, uh, those support systems have collapsed, and much more work is really defined. uh by the not only demands of capital but the new kinds of organizational structures you have mm. uh where large amounts what, like what do you mean what do you have in mind you know large amounts of work being uh, for example say being out, outsourced mm. uh you know the the kind of back office or the kind of work much of what is happening in india with the it sector mm. but also a casualization of work where mm. you don't have to pay those high salaries Mm. including forms of support systems forms of insurance mm. etc so work then becomes only uh paid for actual times in which there is productivity mm. Uh, mm. so there's no embedded mm. ltc there LTC, in, yes. in the manner in yeah. which you know <laughs> that was talking about it yeah that's interesting but from mm. an economic standpoint that that mm. must be that sounds like it's sustainable isn't it from from the economics of the industry of, yes from, from the, capital from the yeah. viewpoint of the capitalist yeah i mean that's really what is much happening in much of europe and the us now the kind of erosion that you have of the working class which uh, really had say since the post second world war till the 70s had fairly comfortable you know well paid jobs assured much of those systems have collapsed now in which work is not only being redefined into very piecemeal small you know part time work but also the, all the support systems have collapsed so i i think what we are try seeing is really a redefinition of work uh, primarily by capital and industry and and technology i would say uh so again link gets linked to all all kinds of uh, you know notions of identity sense of belonging uh just to touch on some of say R- richard senet's work which talks right. about the corrosion of character right i mean he does some very interesting comparative studies of uh, uh say migrants working class who had come into the us in the you know 40s sure. you know under the second sure. world war con- conditions and people who were in very low paid jobs you know cleaning jobs things but very satisfied with their jobs because it was regular <laughs> it was remunerative it gave them a sense of identity they had a class you know there was a sense of belonging so regularity is good for morality yeah just, in just in some ways in some sense a sense yeah. of assurance of a job yeah. but he compares it to those the children of those same people who are all now in you know engineers and you know professors all of them who are who are facing uh, sort of uncertainties because they're not sure about their jobs uh so that kind of contradiction is what we are seeing now with advanced capital flexible capital and with advanced technology and clearly you are implying that it has mm-hmm. some kind of an impact on on the notion of work mm. and what work means for both on the impact it had on personhoods but when you say corrosion of character clearly there's some kind of impact on the very moral sense of an individual right yeah i mean very at least that's what richard senet was suggesting that mm. Uh, mm. although they could be high pay now Mm. Uh, the sense of belonging the sense of moral responsibility that you had earlier with this assured but low low paying jobs is no longer there mm. and therefore you don't have a a kind of commitment to a, a particular employer a particular kind of organizations where people are changing jobs very quickly so work just becomes the next best opportunity mm-hmm. so is it, i mean it does a society need some kind of organized 
work for there to be some kind of solidarity if you know what i mean like if if there were to be a society with only short term unstable unstable is the wrong word but only short term flexible jobs which are done on a piecemeal on demand basis with people being multi skilled and uh, roles being filled on a real time basis as opposed to on a long term fixed cost basis no i think that would be difficult mm. i mean that would be more you're looking at in terms of you know say urban industrialized advanced production systems but not across the spectrum of jobs or work no you can't mm. always have it that organized mm. so i would say what one is looking for is to return if meaning a sense of fulfillment is to return to the idea of work uh has work as partly vocation but also work as some kind of a uh a, a deeper sense of fulfillment you know had for every individual or group it would also need to have a sense of the craftsmanship but also sense of opportunity so you're mm. not saying that a work which is short term and flexible would have a different kind of meaning you're just saying that yeah. it would be intrinsically meaningless or very yes. close to that yes yeah yeah i mean it's yeah. it's it's somewhat extreme wouldn't you say so little bit yeah what what do you say to that ronabirda you know what i mean so in a sense we're saying that if jobs and again using the word jog and not going to the biomechanical side of work in, in that sense um but to be only short term and only flexible by and large um then that kind of an existence is largely meaningless some yeah, something to yes, that yeah. effect you see i would not put it that way because hmm. uh think of it in a slightly different way the entire conversation Please. that you had been having now if you think of it globally or take mm. a little more of an argument that well uh, these are at different points of the supply chain whether it is the supply of people who would be working and the supply of commodity the raw material on which they would be working sure if you take it in a way that kind of quote and unquote therefore little more non sociological but much more of a really what is being produced etc then you will see two three things happening one is that in order to have such kind of ancillarized you know uh, as she pointed out correctly the things are being farmed out things are being farmed out on you know piecemeal basis therefore it's much more economic and that's how the supply chain is organized then you have to have the other side of it mm-hmm. which is extremely regular extremely organized uh, profiled very very regimentally and therefore you have on one hand an identifiable work pattern mm-hmm. and on the other hand a kind of a much more malleable flexible work pattern mm-hmm. so which is why i had never agreed with the manuel castel kind of formulation because they had no clue about or which kind of formulation the manuel castel you know kind of formulation sure, sure, sure. they had when they spoke so much of post fordism they had no clue that much of the world was being guided by fordism right when you are saying or we are saying that work is being departmentalized or immaterial labor is taking over we are forgetting sure. that china has produced in the last 30 years the biggest workforce of the world yeah biggest work it is not without reason being called the factory of the world which india now aspires to be there is some so, centralization even in this kind of a world yes, yes. so as i said that therefore it is always a double faced reality 
so something that we are seeing and therefore if you if you allow me i will rather make a little more provocative you know statement please that take ilo which says decent work if you if you go into the way in which ilo defines work all that you will see that in capitalism the word labor it was it always had you know very specific economic not only economic but political economic also a certain connotation which would immediately relate it with not only the form of labor but the process in which labor occupies it was a factor of production part. yes yeah. and it was and it was argued understood that the labor process the labor control regime these are extremely important to understand what work is so mm. think of a maruti plant hmm? sure or uh, a a plant in gurgaon or manesar which produces certain ancillary parts at one level it is related to let us say what is happening in detroit etc but at yes. another level <laughs> if you see how much time we were thinking of talking of leisure yeah so the worker who is standing on the assembly line and has to do is being given let us say to go to the toilet yeah for 15 seconds yeah. or 30 seconds or yeah. a minute at most that you can go wash your face and come back yeah so at so you can see that this kind of at one level the global supply chain at an yeah. another level the mixing of the flexible and the inflexible forms yeah they are producing a form of labor which we are sanitizing by saying work right because work is a much more generic term that's a great point mm. yeah mm. yeah as yeah. i said to begin with it's therefore physiological it has certainly certain psychic element to the whole thing and you might say it's a psychosomatic you know expression that only we are raising and it had always been with human society but once you come to this level then take the most flexible form of work which is done by a migrant and you were right i'll give you one instance 5 years back with a few you know friends of mine we had followed uh two groups of workers mm-hmm. one a regularly workers from the flood plains of north bihar sure where you have the kosi flood yeah. disasters taking place maybe after 3 4 years with yes. monotonous regularity they go to delhi mm-hmm. and lalu prasad ji when he was the railway minister he had seen to it that there is a train which is therefore called almost a garib rath yes it's a train the the bihar government encourages the migrant labor to take there is no ticket sure why so that you can escape the flood and go to delhi sure and do odd kinds of job sure the other is a group we followed them they are from bengal mm they went to gujarat to some do, do some odd job sure. then they came to bombay mumbai sure. then they had gone to kerala as a construction worker then they landed up in chennai some of them worked in what is called the rat hole mines of meghalaya the rat hole mine is actually the hill slope of certain hills in meghalaya where you are vertically holding the whole thing in order to bring out coal what does work mean here the migrant work is the as i said manuel castle couldn't have even imagined that the work could be slow flexible it is labor in its most abstract form which yes. would mean and i would finish it you know in this way which would mean it is regardless of all concrete forms of this particular fellow who is from malda or from kosi region 
is plying a rickshaw, is managing a scooter rickshaw, working in a in any of Absolutely. the you know odd it's jobs. Totally abstracted hmm. labor. Working as a plumber. You offer energy. Yeah, that's that's what I you, said. You are an energy input into yes. all sorts yes. of processes. So it is at one level immaterial to all concrete forms because it is capable of producing all concrete forms. That's hmm. the as I said once again the paradox that is inherent and and it is intrinsic to our life as a worker you know That's life really as someone who keeps on laboring who keeps on working and never working as an abstract individual but always our work is being defined by the apparatuses which are shaping us as human beings the apparatus of economy the apparatus of machine the apparatus of you know the mobility yeah you have to have the train you have to have the phone yeah. Jan Bremen shows actually how work is patterned by the migrant laborers in Gujarat, how it was patterned 20 years back, how it is patterned today. Because he says in those days there was no mobile telephony. Mm. Then 15 mm. years back you had the, what you will call the, uh, uh, you know, the international call ICOs mm. and, uh, you know, so ISD, you had the, ISD, huh? boots. ISD, right. STD and ISD boots. boots. PCO boots. Yeah. Yeah. He says it revolutionized. Yeah, the notion and the avail, and then now you have the mobile telephony. Yeah. So, apparatus in that sense. So, unless we combine the contradictory aspects of something and 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 we take mm. both of them into account, we wouldn't understand why uh, I was saying that the migrant's life, in certain sense, you know, congeals mm. all that you find in in the sense of work today. No, absolutely, it's beautiful. In but, in advanced yeah. context, you mean? Advanced no, I'm capital saying in, in India's yes. context, think mm. of the migrant. Mm. You know, even in advanced context, something opposite to this Manuel Castell's idea was think of Harry Breverman's work. In the 60s, he says degradation of work. Mm. And the fact that work has been degraded to such an extent where this is not required at all. Yes. yes. He had taken a position completely to the immaterial thesis. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. He said that you the, work at others' command, you do what is supposed to. Not only to do. that, all that we think is a product of brain, mm. everything is now being uh, in somewhere or another being translated into some language so that you can operate it. Yes. The monkey would be able to operate it. Yes. I, as a moron, would be able to do something about of it. Yes, make it idiot proof. Yeah, <laughs> that is what he meant when he said degradation of work. Yes. So we are, this is the point where we are going and we are thinking we are having leisure time. No. <laughs> you see the point. <laughs> Those are the contradictions. No, totally. Mm. Totally. What about specialization? That's a totally different direction to this, right? You see. I'm, because, you know, in a sense, it's, in a sense, it's almost the opposite of this abstract labor, which can work in Meghalaya and in Gujarat and in any part of the world really offering labor. You can cross seven oceans and go anywhere else and you don't need to understand any language so that you're able to move things from point A to point B. But specialized skills and specialized jobs and specialized labor, labor is the wrong word there, so that hyphenation doesn't make sense, is exactly the opposite, where you may be a bond trader working on something very, very specific. Um, yeah. No, what totally do you mean by specialized in this case? Specialized in Meaning, the sense I know what, what you mean, yeah. Yeah. but I'm only therefore driving yeah. you that if we are rigorous in our conceptualization of what is specialization, mm. perhaps you will say that the 19th century mm. was 
an age of much more specialization. Why? Precisely Why because the machines had not, to the extent that they have taken the place of human speciality, yeah. hmm, was not there. The 21st century is much more advanced. In fact, it has done away with even a great, an even greater area of specialization. We don't and need so human specialization. In a way, I'm bringing in the element of skill. If you know what I mean, which is... But it's true now. But, but in fact, the 19th century specialization is being challenged by new technologies. Mm. People are expected to be generalists. Yes. yes. I mean, there is this classic example of how now even a, or a sort of highly qualified specialist mm -hmm. in anything has to be his or her own secretary because technology... Exactly enables you to do that and therefore you end up doing that job. Right. Uh, so that's what we're seeing. I mean, even in terms of IT or... Stenotype. Do you find yes. a stenographer yeah. today? So yeah. lots of jobs are getting redundant by yeah. technologies, but you are expected to sort of incorporate and build up on onto those skills. Yeah. Also because we did proof tools that kind of they're at, at your disposal and you can do what you... What impact do some of these uh, phenomena have on the social fabric? Which is why I want to go back to that question I asked a while ago, Vasavi, um, of is organized work necessary for there to be a certain kind of solidarity in a society? If you know what I mean. If everyone was an odd job odd worker, job. Hmm. is that something that you would worry about as the head of the state? Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, especially, I mean, that's some of the trends that we're already witnessing in mm -hmm. uh, not only this sort of fragmentation of work, mm -hmm. but also the casualization of work, which means that there is no holding together of people. Uh, so I would say not not necessarily organization as we have seen in terms of unionization. Right. That could be, that's a possibility too. Uh, but I would say a sense of uh, coherence, a sense of, a collective understanding would, would help. Uh, it's also, in, is, in many ways, the workspace uh, or workplace is also the site of socialization. I mean, you spend yeah. eight hours, ten hours or whatever. Of, yeah. no, or in the I more white-collar context, maybe yeah. the blue-collar context is very different. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, yesterday was, you know, all India, you know, there was a bond because if they called by the labor... Mm. Uh, you know, your so-called unions. But uh, one of the uh, data, I mean, what was very interesting, and we know this has been happening over the past decade or so, is that the loss of bargaining power of the laboring working class has been the absence of unions. And a lot of people and, celebrate that and a lot of people yes. obviously bemoan that. Um, but we know, yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's become such a cyclical thing. We're, we're talking about, you know, uh, improving standards of living or addressing poverty issues, etc. But at the same time, we are not giving fair wages or what you call what the ILO has constantly has been defining now for a decade or so as to making work making work decent. Is ILO Which, even relevant today? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, that, it exists. That's another debate. But you yes, know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because from the standpoint of the mm. capitalist, and again, I mean, mm. nobody is trying to be super moralistic about it. I mean, the best kind of work is a slave, right? Mm. And then, you know, no? Would you say that? Best no, work no, please, is? Please, please, please proceed. No, I, I, so I think... the question? Yeah. So one, one can have a normative approach to this analysis and say that it should be this way or that way. But if one were to just kind of wind this forward 50, 100 years, um, it's very difficult to see the clock turning somewhere. Oh, you know what I mean? So if there's loss of bargaining power, if unions are gone, if there are largely odd jobs, if you know um, the incidence and the proportion of migrant labor is higher than ever and probably growing, um, 
decentralized kind of uh, modes of production and consumption um obviously all of these things have an impact or an influence on the very way in which work is organized or labor is organized so where would any disjunction be where would any inflection point be and where would it come from clock does turn back at times it you does know, mm-hmm. i i i think and it turns several and times and structures would also emerge you see, yes uh, i mean i think we'd be you know harboring or laboring under the enormous illusion if you think if we think that we are continuously moving ahead you know it never happens that way in fact uh again you know good to always remain close to what is happening the way labor is recruited today let's say to go for work in dubai hmm? in the gulf countries yeah. or to work in the construction sector in kerala or in tamil nadu yeah in the diamond industry in surat in surat or in you know in polishing in mumbai sure. or whatever you can see that labor recruitment pattern in many ways now reflect what was there in the 19th century in other words enormous return of unorganized forms these labor contractors are like recruiters who have deep clan caste religious community ties in the villages sure there is a distinct pattern to that the sure. way money is advanced the way you know the whole financial contract takes place you can see that there is a move away from the very keynesian institutional type because right. we had been referring to welfare and a harking back or a kind of a recall to what was happening in the 19th century particularly in the let's say the last uh, you know quarter of the 19th That's century That's very interesting hmm? yeah now the the point what i was trying to make is that again while it may surprise us that why it is that the keynesian period is suddenly over and there and even the new keynesian period is over yeah so the idea that uh, the old people would not have to work the old people have worked for so long they deserve pension and what was pension pension is the recognition that you deserve rest from the banal work that you had been doing that's why yeah. you get pension the yeah. state has taken the responsibility it could be that certain private you know yeah pension might be insured by modern insurance techniques there could be all sure but what we do not take into account that this is this was only a passing phase in capitalism's life mm. for much of the time let's say up to 1910 1920 think of the new deal the pre new deal situation why does it happen precisely because the question is not work is organized but the question is how work is org- the organization of the work this work is never unorganized all we are trying to th- say is that we are used to a certain form of organization of work that organization changes think of the caste organization of work mm-hmm. you know this is something we had never discussed but we are in india so we have to recognize that gender does play a role in organizing the work caste plays a role in organizing the work other kinds of affinal ties sure. it could be religious it could be clan it could sure. be many other thing now work is organized according to a certain pattern and capital's functioning is if you ask me once again this is a kind of a statement which you know classical marxist or or in our country very conventional marxist would dispute capital per se is neutral to all these things <laughs> you see the point yes. that i'm trying to make absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely in a country 
where you find the non-factory form of work, something again we had been discussing, mm. is perfectly suitable as Vasubhi was saying. That we will farm out work in a way so that work is decentralized and I get much more on less, you know, cost. A greater return. Hmm? The mobility of capital, the mobility in which the contracting is done. I need flexibilization along all scores. I need flexibilization of labor in a particular way. Capital is neutral to that. Capital's only concern is the return. And if possible, the return should be the same or high on the on a longer, you know, kind of duration. That it shouldn't be short-lived. But that's a different discussion. But on the other hand, if you think of the organization of work, any organization of work is intrinsically neither capitalist nor anti-capitalist. All that it requires is that whether the organization of work lends itself to the way a capitalist market of labor power or of capital, it could be credit capital, it could be industrial capital, it could be higher forms of financial capital, that they should give return. Whether you are organized as a caste, it doesn't matter. In fact, if you are organized as a caste and thereby, as you said, that the collective form of work, you yeah. were constantly asking, and I was there for almost, you know, uh, yeah. I was thinking that I should jump in, that if they find that your collective organization with an identity of a worker, therefore enables you or prods you to produce more, I'll be quite happy. Yes. There should yes. be no intercaste. Yes. Dining. Yes. If you think are happy with the five Bengalis, you will talk together, you will work together, you will be able to work more. I'm quite happy. It serves capital. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So the organization of work, so I will again... So what's the destiny of labor? That's what I said, that you see... Perennially flexible, perennially at both, the service both, of... Both, yeah. It It, it, it mm -hmm. is always, you know, it is continuously being tuned to what the capital requires. Why don't we spend the last five minutes thinking about the future? And I know it's very difficult to we totally get that. But 100 years out, 200 years out, what is it likely to be like? What's, what's I, likely I, to be the I fabric of jobs? Cannot, the way yeah. we organize labor, the way we organize... I cannot forget The that. way we think of work at the level of the individual, at the level of a human being. And... Presumably, there's going to be an element of mechanization. Presumably, the dull and boring, significant portion or a lot of the dull and boring work is hopefully going to be done by machines and <laughs> something to that effect. Um, yeah, so it's, is, is the future one of interesting leisure for, for most of mankind and humankind? And should that be celebrated, not celebrated? Doesn't matter. Those are normative questions which are not terribly interesting. What's the future, Ranubirda? See, the future, I mean, again, we have to be extremely, you know, utopian or daring in thinking what would be happening 100 years later. I mean, I'm not sure. capable of doing that. Sure. But on the other hand, if you ask me a much more, you know, uh, you know, scaled down question that what do I think where it is proceeding. Yeah, uh, directionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, two possible outcomes. One is that while the work in the industrial age was shaped by the factory form of organization of work. Mm -hmm. Now, 
you may call and certain people are calling that it's the social factory, stage of the social factory. The society is a factory. So the society is being continuously reorganized along the lines of factory where you have a particular division of labor, where you have a particular work regime, where you have a particular way of superintending work, of surveillance right. over work, of a way of giving returns for work, wage forms of work. The only difference is that if the society is, con is conceptualized as a factory, which the term social factory invokes, would also mean that the factory had been thought of as a homogeneous place. Homogeneous in the right. sense that, right. that it has a homogeneous plan. Whereas the society as a factory would mean that it would combine the contradictory aspects of homogeneity and heterogeneity much more skillfully. So that's one. But at a much more, you know, um, uh, I think conceptual level, the other understanding would be that mankind, in any case, it is along that path that the compulsion to, to work in a certain form, under certain conditions gives the rise to the question of labor. When you don't work, you do not have the idea of labor. My mother, who raised five children, yeah. uh, what was her leisure? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did we ever think that my mother, who was, you know, rearing child, producing babies, my father was earning, yeah. what was her leisure? We thought her leisure was only she was with the kids, she was uh, taking her husband to let's say, occasional cinema, So are some of these categories going to fall under the area of work? Not that it matters, that's just a definitional move. But right now, yes. I mean, but it's, you know, it was her work. Care, labor. Yes. Care, labor. Yes. Yes. Care, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you are, therefore, all I can say is that the economic or, or you know, the, the, the social in that sense, the social, whatever is defined as social, that social configuration of work produces its antinomy, which we call leisure. <laughs> if yeah. there is no work, there is no leisure. Yeah, no, hmm? absolutely. So it it so so it, it will all depend on how work is socially organized. I, I have a, a slight, uh, a slightly different view on Please. that. Uh, not so much that the society should be, you know, in in terms of locating the new dynamics of labor, that uh, the society be seen as another form of factory, but I think for the past two hundred years or so. Much of society has been enforced to fit into the paradigms or the demands of economies, of capital. But I think if that's reversed, if capital and economy is made to fit to suit society itself... Well, society so what is, is a demands, subset of what is your question? Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think it, kind it, of it would then address the needs of yeah. society and therefore labor and work would be redefined very differently. So some kind of reverse great transformation or yes. something like that again. Yeah. Terrific. I think that's a great note to end this on. And thanks both of you for making it. Look forward to having you soon again. Thank you. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you.